Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reclaiming Her podcast. I am your host, Brooke Belden, and I'm really excited to do this podcast with you all. This is a special episode, if you will. I'm even in this like fancy podcast studio because <laughs> I have my husband with me uh, to share our experience with our trip to Tulum, and he has like a real podcast (laughs) in a real studio and so um so we're here recording it and and there's a little bit of anticipation about this episode I've had a lot of people reach out to me and uh, say that they're really excited and they're curious about this experience and so just in case this is your first time here um, my name is Brooke Belden I'm the host of this podcast I'm a mom a bit of a mystic. I use human design and sacred feminine wisdom to really help women heal from patriarchal trauma. So, uh, are you ready? You want to jump in? Let's do this. Okay. So just to give you all just a little bit of a backstory, I uh, personally went through a deep spiritual healing journey about that started about three and a half years ago. And we were in, uh, Chuck and I had a business together and things were up and down and all over the place. And I just pretty much said, uncle, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. And I walked away and he followed me. And what happened after that was a very interesting series of events that I guess you could say it's really uneventful though, where I just like, couldn't continue on like really with any sort of work. And I, questions and deep healings and I started anything that would like make sense I started listening to my soul I started to do meditations I started pulling oracle cards I started dabbling with meditating with crystals and with uh with oils essential oils um I read a ton of books and I journaled I mean I just did I just did all these things to really figure out like who am I what is this thing called a soul how is it speaking to me how do I discern between my soul's voice and my ego's voice and then what is all of this stuff that continues to come up that is keeping me from being the person that inside I know is like screaming to come out and so that started a a you know, year and a half, two year spiritual healing journey. And in that time, I felt very called to go to Tulum. And, you know, if you are on Instagram, obviously Tulum is very beautiful on Instagram. And, uh, but that wasn't it. There was just something, there was something else that was really drawing me to Tulum. But it took me two years to get there. And so this past year, when Chuck asked me, you know, what I wanted to do for my birthday, I said, I, I want to go to Tulum. I want to go to Tulum. I want to stay in a nice uh, hotel and resort, like this, you know, eco chic luxury kind of space. And I want to do these ancient healings from the Mayan region. And I didn't even know really what they were until I booked the hotel. Like I was like, I don't even know. I just want to go and be among this this spiritual place and these essence. I want to, you know, visit the cenotes, and I want to I want to continue this heal- healing journey. And so we did, we booked the hotel and he was all in. I mean, <laughs> you were all in, right? There are levels of all in, I would think. So 
I was, I was as all in. <laughs> yeah, I was all in. You were all in for me. I was all in for you. I'm yeah. always all in for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And but I didn't know what I was all in for. No, for any not of at this all. Stuff, so, but even yeah. like when we were looking for like, the yeah, hotel, like I was like, no, this is what I'm talking about. And you're like, uh, so like a tent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because my past experiences for vacations, especially, especially to that region of the world include beachside resorts and pina coladas more so than you know the jungle yeah yeah so i was i wasn't sure what i was getting into yeah mm-hmm. and sobriety yeah i mean <laughs> definitely so yeah exactly we were <laughs> um so anyways when i was like and you want to know so beautiful is that when i said that i wanted to do this trip he he was like okay well do you want to do it like alone or like with friends or like with me and just because he gave me that beautiful permission to go alone I was like okay you can come you can come because <laughs> <laughs> um, that was like oh it was such a gift but so anyways we booked a hotel we stayed at Hotel Bardo in Mexico and how was that it was one of the best experiences I think I've had traveling For in a sure. hotel. It was great. Everything about it was great. It was a beautiful place. The people were fantastic and amazing and so kind. And it was just a very peaceful, wonderful place to accomplish what we went there to accomplish. Yeah. It's like so restorative. Yeah. Which and was just to be actually. I mean, we were trying to not really accomplish anything, you know? No. Yeah. Right. But like, and it just, it, you know, I think that our nervous systems are set up in such a way as we live in America to like do the things we got to do the things right. And we're not really conditioned or set up in a, in a good way to just be. I'm not, no, yeah. I don't think that many people are, yeah. you know, like even when we went to, you know, this summer we rented a cabin in the middle of the woods that was also super peaceful. I don't feel like I had, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's parenting or something too, that it was just us and we didn't have to look out after the kids, but as, as restful as that trip was and as like wonderful as that trip was to like unplug, I feel like Bardo was like a whole different caliber. Yeah. I mean, it was unplugging more things, I think in, in, yeah. in Tulum because we were alone. We weren't with the kids and... There's only so much you can do to unplug when you have little humans that you're, you know, taking care of too. So they were definitely two different experiences. Yeah. 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 Um, but okay. So the hotel was like phenomenal. It was, we had, um, and we won't go into like too much detail about the hotel, but it was, I mean, we had like our own little, like it, it was like these villas essentially, right? These private little villas that, um, were set up and, um, the style in Tulum is very, uh, minimalistic which I love and uh, we had our own little private pool and it was just so set in nature and the even the pool in the in the whole space like the the hotel pool was just yeah I mean it was just be- something about it. it it was built as if the whole thing had been there for hundreds of years right it was yeah. like the world just grew up around this place like the trees are built into the hotel and they come right out of the middle of the the walkway, you know? So it was like they were very mindful with how they designed the space. Yeah. And I think that was important because you felt like you were, like, out in nature yeah. the whole yeah. entire time. Yeah, totally, totally. Yoga, they offered yoga every morning. I did yoga a couple of times. And um, so anyway, so that was the space. That's kind of the setup for the trip. I, I turned 40, for those of you who don't know that yet, but um, that was the whole thing. It was my birthday. It was my 40th birthday. I wanted this really beautiful healing trip, and I had been wanting to go to Tulum. So this is where we arrived and landed, and it was just the backdrop of the whole thing was just so stunning and epic it was just there for healing and it was just there for rest and 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 we loved it so 
so uh but let's talk i think what so many people are curious about is the the different rituals that we did while we were there and so we did an ayahuasca ceremony and we did two tamascal ceremonies and uh so ayahuasca so (laughs) you're already laughing (laughs) well okay so here's the funny thing because it's funny it's funny now it's some of it's funny yeah i mean the whole thing was crazy if if you were watching it's i'm sure it was hysterical i know i think maybe that's it like thinking back to all of it and like rewatching myself i'm like oh oh my goodness you know so so ayahuasca is for those of you who don't know it's a it's a plant they call it mama iowa it's it's a uh it's a plant that and these ayahuasca ceremonies really originated in the peruvian jungle and so when we also when we were booking the trip we had a friend who spent a significant amount of time in mexico last summer and that's where he first did ayahuasca and so when he knew that we were going to tulum he's like okay great i have i have a guy guy. (laughs) right i got a guy i got a driver and i got a shaman (laughs) two things that you need when you go to mexico which yeah it's the best way to travel right like (laughs) but that was i mean that was a big part of the trip too was feeling at peace and feeling very calm that we had people that we knew through others that were there to look out for us and take care of us too. It just, it added a whole level of comfort to the whole, the whole trip. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm not into ayahuasca. That's not what I'm, I want to do. You know, we've watched documentaries and, and if you're in the spiritual world, you've heard of ayahuasca. Like it just was not something that had been calling to me. And people will even say with ayahuasca, it needs to call to you. But I think with anything spiritual, it needs to call to you. Like you need to, there has to be this inside your body that says, yes, there has to be a full body experience that says yes. You know, so whatever, whatever it is that you want to do to really get like this healing out of it, it really should be this full body. Yes. So through all of the times that I have seen, seen um, documentaries or talked to friends who have done it or, you know, just had conversations about it, um, I never really had that response. And so when, but you have. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I was, I was interested in that. I mean, I've done other psychedelics mm-hmm. in the past and have been open to that experience. And I think that as far as what I, <clears throat> what I saw my potential healing journey being, um, I think having something to help unlock some, some things like that was going to be important to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was interested. I love that you actually said like your healing journey, because I don't think you've ever claimed that. Like, I don't think you've really felt like the safe place to say that. Oh, it is a safe place. Yeah. But you know, I think that that's something that's really different too, is that I, you know, like I'm, deep into this spiritual world you support me and my depth in this spiritual world like i think initially you thought i was a little bit like woo but i think you've seen how like the truth of it and how powerful it can be and how much really does like make sense right but i don't think you've really started your spiritual journey i've started yeah yeah i mean i think this was a big part of it i I think this was a big part of it like i i I realized that so much of my reality is kind of bullshit, you know? And so I think getting back to the basics, so to speak, and getting um, centered and and experiencing the things that we experienced in Mexico and going there for those reasons, I think that was important to me because I wanted to strip Mm -hmm. away a lot of the stuff that, that I know is just habit right now and just part of the conditioning, 47 years of, you know, conditioning and doing the same things. And so, um, a lot of it, you know, is, is shit, but yet you don't know how to get away from it. Mm. Yeah. 
I, you really like you sh- you surprised me a bit and that like I mean as soon as we got there you really seemed to like settle in like so peacefully and usually you're really anxious you know we go on trips and like you're always really anxious like what are we gonna do or what's going on or you need to figure out the things blah, blah, blah. and like you just kind of like let yourself just like be and mm-hmm. chill so it was really um beautiful to watch but so ayahuasca is like come up and and you have you were intrigued and so when our friend said you know i got a i got a shaman like you were oh again you were intrigued i was like yeah sure let's do it like i wasn't yeah. against it i wasn't all fired up because i really didn't know too much about it yeah but i was totally open yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay so i was like out he was in and then it was three days before uh, our trip and so random but i had a meditation experience where i was being called to go visit um uh sedona Sonoma, Sedona. Yeah, beautiful wine country. <laughs> Love it. I, I told him Sedona, and he's like, "You mean Sonoma?" I'm like, "No, no, no. They're two different places." Like, what? So anyways, Never heard Sedona. Of that. And I have a friend who has visited Sedona many times, and I just reached out to her. Hey, let's, uh, this is what my meditation was. Um, you want to grab a coffee? Tell me about Sedona. Da da da. da. And she had the more like like just kind of worked out she had the morning right before our trip and I had the morning right before the trip too so we go we talk about Sedona like you know all the things and at the end we're just kind of catching up over life telling her I'm going to Tulum she asks why I'm doing ayahuasca I'm like no it's so funny though how it keeps showing up right which is like the irony of all this like because when something keeps showing up in your life that's usually my trigger to really pay attention to it and she shares with me her experience with it and her experience was so much of what I was what my intended what my intentions were what my my spaces that I was looking to heal were is what she has achieved with ayahuasca and so I was like all right hmm, let me think about this and I go home and talk to you and I'm like all right let's do it (laughs) 180 we're gonna do do ayahuasca now I think something that's really important to you know share here is that at this point, I still didn't have a full body yes. Not in terms of like, this is my path for healing, but it was a yes as I'm open to the experience. And so we think that it's, you know, really important to kind of distinguish between those two because it's like you put a few more eggs in that basket when you're like, this is what I'm being called to for healing versus this is what I'm open to as the experience and let's just see what happens. And I think being open to it made it so that whatever outcome happened, I was okay with, right? Like, so... So we um, don't end up using our one friend's shaman in Mexico because he wasn't doing a ceremony, but we found another shaman and booked it and all the things. Yeah, you just Google shaman. Just- yeah, that's how you come up with one, and then they drive you into the jungle. <laughs> or you Google Tulum Ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah, and that's, how, and that's how you get paired up with somebody. <laughs> and it, well, it worked. That's right. It yeah. did work. Okay, so um, so it really was uh, Iowa Tulum. I, I, AYA Tulum is... is um, the website that we went through, they had really great reviews. I saw a ton of different blogs doing posts about it, about Anne and Jose or Jesus. And, um, and so, you know, we scheduled our time and went and would you like to share a little bit more about this part? Cause. Oh, would I? <clears throat> yeah. I, I think it's interesting. You know, I think part of why I was open to all of this or, or trying to be open to all of this was also, I was rereading the alchemist for the, you know, second, third, fourth time and really trying to absorb that and pay attention to signs and omens and things around me. And that stuff started to pop up. So instead of just fighting it, I was like, yeah, let's figure it out. So the, the day of you inform me, if I remember correctly, that we're going to be picked up in front of the hotel in a white van by somebody named Jesus. 
and those, that was the details, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. And don't know where we're going. We don't know too much about the details, but we know we've got to pay them all this money to go do this. And, uh, but we're going to get in this white van in the middle of the jungle and we should be fine. So, you know, you talk about me being anxious before I started to bubble up a little bit in that point, like, okay, what, what's going to happen here? But calm myself said, we're going to be okay. And so we get picked up, but luck, you know, the first thing, and I think you, you will agree that really made the whole thing a lot more calming was the white van was gorgeous. <laughs> it was a really nice. <laughs> it was a brand nice. new white van. Yeah, it was white clean. Van. It was smelled pretty, you know. Stocked with water. It had all the things. It had hand sanitizer. Yeah. And, and Jesus was amazing. It was super kind. So kind. And we're like, okay, this is not too bad. And then he said, we're just picking up one other person. So I was glad that there was somebody else that also Googled <laughs> shaman in Tulum <laughs> to do this and thought that they would, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, they weren't, they had thought through this maybe equal to or more than we had. And so we, we, we got in the car. We drove. Man, it took a while. I think you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes maybe before we got that other hotel. To her hotel. Yeah, yeah, probably 20 minutes. Yeah. Picked her up. Picked up uh, a nice girl named Jen who was traveling alone from California. And she was interested in doing this. And so we picked her up and got to know her a little bit. The next part is where it got um, a little concerning. Bumpy. Bumpy. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> We get in this beautiful white van with complete strangers and we proceed to drive down like an Olympic mogul course of skiing. Like it was the bumpiest road I've ever been on my whole life. Where, so much so that the van could only go, what, two miles an hour, three miles an hour for the most part, like well, barely and then moving. Speed up to 20 for about four seconds and then, and then slow down. down and then we'd go into a giant crater. Well, that went on for over an hour. Uh, forever. It was nauseating. Like I was so car sick being in that like just holding it back in the car total for an hour so it, I it mean, sure it felt was like longer. 40 minutes of that i 40 minutes going two miles an hour yeah. over the bumpiest dirt road in the jungle and then 20 and then slamming on the brakes and yeah, too. yeah. It, it was it, that was how this psychedelic ex, i'm gonna say psychedelic i don't know if that's the right thing to say spiritual experience was starting and that was a little bit weird and because i my stomach wasn't right my head was hurting like all of this stuff. And now you're like driving deeper and deeper into the jungle. And so I was like, yeah, my mind's starting to go a little bit, but I kept telling myself, just relax, stay calm. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, this is all going to be good. And I didn't want to go into this being all anxious and stressed out because I thought that would really, um, inhibit having a, for sure. a good experience. Yeah, for right? sure. For sure. So the bumpy ride happens. And then, um, the funny part was, or one of the funny parts where he stops and he turns around to go back and I'm like, now where are we going? We missed it. But we missed it because I actually, in my mind, all the way up until that very moment, I thought we were going to like this beautiful palace or resort out yeah. in the jungle. We were going to be in like this. Like a pavilion. A or pavilion like was what I had in mind. Yeah. This giant pavilion that was going to be very just beautiful. Protecting and us from the elements. Yes. That's what I was expecting. I'm like, yeah. there's no way we're not going to be able to see this as we approach. Well, when we turned around, I'm like, how did we miss it? Yeah. And then he just parked. I'm like, Oh, we're, we're here. Time to get out. Get out. And we get out and we start now hiking yeah. through the woods, yep. um, which wasn't very long. What was that? No, 10 no. minutes? No, maybe? I mean, not even. Maybe yeah. not even 10 yeah. minutes to where we get to a literally not more than a 15 foot diameter clearing where he's like, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're here and yeah. we drop our stuff and we've got kind of a, a view of the ocean and the sand through, through the trees. But I mean, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, we're like in the jungle, but on the beach, like just off the beach. So you can see the ocean and the wind is picking up and we are not protected by the elements. No. And we are given um, like a little cushion 
to they can fold at like almost like a, a lawn chair cushion or something that can you know you can fold it out and lay on it and a blanket and a plastic bag and some Kleenex some Kleenex and he was he said this is you know when you have to go to the bathroom and so we're like okay fine yeah and then he showed us like where quote unquote the bathroom was like yeah. a, a clearing was separate a from where clearing. we were like okay great and he said people come and clean this up after every ceremony I'm like clean up what like all I was thinking was pee the whole time yeah I was like okay great I mean that's fantastic yeah and um it wasn't processing what was about to happen oh lordy okay so then um then we sit down and you know I think that the that you know what with our situation is that you and I did not really fully understand what went on in yeah. the ceremony. Like we didn't really fully understand. I thought, you know, you drink some, you drink the ayahuasca. I knew you drink it. And that you talk to the shaman and that then you start, you know, like you tap into this portal in uh, these other dimensions and tap into your subconscious. That's in a really deep way and you might be processing it. And that's kind of how it would work. And it wasn't really like that at all. And so I didn't know. And I, didn't know how long it would take to kick in i mean all these things i didn't well, and know and then he also asked like do you have any questions and we should yeah. have asked we were like well totally. what's this look like but we we're like nope let's go it's it's like you don't know what you don't you know don't, yeah, right you didn't yeah. even know and that's what i realized it's like we but just knowing even... the knowing the process a little bit would have been a whole lot less yeah stressful. and he had said though he's like i mean like and that's where i feel like asking the question like how long is it supposed to take to kick in like because he had kind of answered it but it was just so vague it was like some people it happens very quickly and some people it takes all night and so you're like okay i don't really I don't really know, but, and his English was okay to communicate, but it wasn't really, um, at the extent of like divulging like my soul. Like I didn't really feel yeah. like this, like spiritual and our connection Spanish with was him to, nowhere well, near that. No, not even close. So, and this is approximately 4.30 or so in the afternoon yeah. by this point. Yeah. 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 And so, and you know, th- there was just a lot, so there's a lot of things going into it that I don't think that you and I like fully had like a really strong footing and what it was that we were doing. You know, we didn't realize what the um, environment was. We didn't totally know, you know, at what the process was. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we also didn't follow the diet for two weeks beforehand. So there's yeah. a, a bit of a cleansing diet that they encourage you to be on for about two weeks prior to doing ayahuasca. Which makes total sense now, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, I mean, we fairly clean for the most part, but I do eat meat and they, um, and it is a vegetarian diet. And no caffeine, no alcohol. And so caffeine no was the sugar, biggest one. No sugar, no salt. Yeah. They wanted like so much gone. Yeah, yeah. a bit. A, and it makes that sense. Was, that was super clean. So anyways, so we get started. He pours us a little cup. We drink the little cup, passes it around, wait 30 minutes, comes by, checks on us, doesn't say anything. Like, Or, you know, he's like, how are you feeling? And you're like, fine. And then he's like, how's your stomach? And you're like, fine. And that went on for hours. Where well, he yeah, just like check on you. And well, during this experience too, I mean, I think it's important to note like there's there's three of us and him. There's mm-hmm. three of us having this experience and we're sitting on these like kid nuggets, these like <laughs> these little, whatever they are, those little yeah. couch cushions. Um, that probably costs like one eighth of what our nugget costs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which that's a whole nother story. And we're all within arm's length of each other pretty much. So six feet apart or so, but we're sitting there in silence. Nobody's talking yeah. to each other. It's quiet. It's 4.30 in the afternoon, evening, we're drinking this cup of medicine that, I mean, it tastes absolutely terrible. And and then we're just kind of, everybody's just sitting and waiting. And Jen, who had been through it before, she probably hadn't, you know, she definitely had an understanding of what was happening. But yeah. we were just kind of sitting there. And we're like, not really sure what to feel, what's going to happen. But 
I think we're good so far. Yeah. And he had like mentioned too, like you guys can talk to each other, but I didn't, I just, I still just didn't know, like, are we supposed to be getting into like this meditative state or. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to, I didn't want to really get into a conversation. I wanted to sit there and I wanted to be present with myself and my own thoughts. And I really wanted to speak to the medicine. Like I had heard we were supposed to do to basically say, you know, I'm here, I'm open, like, you know, go to work. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I didn't want to be having conversations with everybody else either. I was fine just sitting there in silence. But if you were watching from 15 feet away or 15,000 feet above looking down in this scenario and you had no idea what was going on, it, I'm sure it looked quite interesting. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So it took us, I mean, it probably took me six, six cups. Would you say that we probably drink? Yeah, I would say so. Six cups for things to kind of like kick in. <laughs> And so at that point, what does kick in mean? I know, <laughs> kick in. So you know, something that I didn't also fully understand. I I heard that you purged a lot, and I thought that that meant that you're going to throw up maybe once or twice. And uh, what I didn't know is that purging really meant that you would be vomiting, and that you could and would also have pretty severe diarrhea. And so um, that you know that pack of uh, Kleenex and that garbage bag was for that purpose not which i still didn't know of at this point my stomach was going nuts i was like oh man i can't believe we're out here in the middle of nowhere and there's no bathroom I'm glad i got this kleenex if i throw up i can wipe my mouth off like i thought that was what the plan was for yeah. so i end up going to the bathroom and then coming back and at that point that's when like i really started to feel um this sort of out of body experience where i knew that i was um I mean, for lack of better words, like kind of tripping, (laughs) you know, like it was just things felt a little bit surreal, but then it would kind of circle back around and I would feel very present and very, you know, in the, the 3d realm still. And then it would kind of come and go. And, and so that went on for a long time. Yeah. It was out of body is a good way to put it. I think like I totally felt like in my body and feeling everything, but at the same time, somewhat removed from it. And it wasn't a, a tripping experience, like anything I've experienced before with like mushrooms it wasn't that it wasn't what I've, I've had with lsd before it wasn't anything like that it was it was it was totally different and totally unique and it was um it, I, don't, I don't know i felt very calm and relaxed and present but also kind of outside of myself at the same time yeah it's weird yeah yeah and it kind of went and like for me it like cycled through yeah that a number of times yeah it wasn't ever extremely intense and all in yeah. and it was just kind of like waves yeah um all right would you share like your intention and then your experience with the medicine portion of this yeah so um i wish i would have t- wrote down this ex- whole experience afterwards to remember exactly what I was thinking going into it and what I felt during and coming out of it because I misremember things, but really my intention going into the whole thing was to, um, was to connect to myself on a deeper level level to, to, to love myself, to find a way to go deeper and to love and forgive myself, be present to, um, lose, um, the anger and the anxiety that often bubbles up in, in situations that, um, doesn't need to, like, I, I want to be more peaceful, more present. And so I was looking to, to connect on that level and to let some things go. Mm-hmm. Is that how you remember me describing my intention? Yeah. yeah. And, and then what my experience was, was what, and you did also have the intention too, of like kind of 
reconnecting to this time in your life when you were younger. Well, yeah, for sure. I think that tied together with a lot of stuff, you know, when, when I was, you know, little four five, six years old, I don't know the age and my parents divorced and my biological dad left. Um, there was a whole lot of trauma, a whole lot of things that happened at that point in my life that I don't remember. Like I don't consciously remember that I'm sure is stored in my body. And, you know, I started to gain weight at that point. I became, I think less happy at that point. I didn't have a a great connection to my stepdad at that point. Um, so all these things kind of happened that I was going into this, like, yeah, I would like to go back in time, go back to that point and learn what happened. What was I like in that moment? Like I was in my mind, I was hoping I could have this experience where I'm standing there out of body next to my six year old self, watching my parents split up and see, okay, what am I feeling right now? What are they feeling right now? Like Mm. I thought that might be something I would experience. Mm. So that's kind of, I guess that would be kind of the bigger intention going into it. So as I'm, you know, every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes drinking this, this, this medicine and then sitting in silence for, you know, until the next round begins, those were kind of the thoughts that I was having was just kind of like, you know, um, I'm here, I'm calm, I'm peaceful, you know, go to work on me, medicine, I'm open, whatever you need to do. And, you know, I'm like, you know, um, I'm thinking about myself at a younger age and, but nothing was really ever, nothing was happening yet. And I remember sitting there for a while and I was watching two hawks fly around. I think they were hawks um, or probably vultures. I think probably at that point, Um, probably circling us, but these two vultures circling above or some big bird. And, um, you know, having just read the alchemist again, I had in my mind, like I was, I was like talking with these birds in my mind. I was like watching them play and float in the wind. And um, they started to drift away down the beach. And in my mind, I was like, come on back birds. Like, you know, come, keep coming back. And then they flew back. I was like, holy shit, this stuff's working. Like I can talk to nature. <laughs> and so that was kind of the experience I was having. Then I'm like, wait, you're, you're losing it. Like that's not actually what's happening, but I was just paying attention to nature. I was just in the moment and you know, three, four, five, six rounds of this stuff go by. And as I'm sitting there at one point, I'm sitting completely upright, my legs out pike position and I'm watching the birds. And I'm, I kind of remember just massaging my knees, just massaging my legs. And then something inside of me, me, the medicine, God, I don't know what it was. It was just like, you need to lay down. And all of a sudden I was like, I better listen to that. And so I laid down and then, and it was just starting to get dark at that point. I think it was like, yeah, it wasn't completely dark yet, but it was getting dark. And I remember laying down and I was laying on my side on this mat, kind of in the fetal position. And I don't know if this took one minute or an hour but I remember laying there and I remember feeling like I was being pulled off of the mat. Like I was laying on my right side and I remember feeling like I was being like sucked off of my mat, like being pulled from my face and my chest and my stomach. And I was fighting and I was like leaning back on my mat. Like if you've ever been really, really drunk and the whole room spinning and you think you're going to fall off, like it felt like that. And I remember it was like, it, I think I told you this, it, it, in my mind, it looked like one of those, uh, dementors from Harry Potter, this, this dark black, just kind of cloud. And it was like sucking me, sucking something off of this mat, sucking my energy off this mat. And I remember fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and just trying to hold onto the max. I didn't want to fall off the mat, which I would have fell two inches onto the ground. Right. But I, in my mind, I was like just hanging on for dear life. And then at one point in my mind, it just said, I just said, I don't know who said, just let go. And all of a sudden I 
I exhaled and this thing kind of disappeared and went away. And I just felt like I wasn't fighting anymore. I wasn't about to fall off. I wasn't, I didn't feel dizzy or anything. I just felt Yeah. Like, you told me that it, it, you said like, just take it. Oh, I, that's what it was. I said, yeah. fine, just take just it. Just take it. Yeah. I said, fine, just take it. And then it, and then it went away. Like yeah. floated off. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember just fine. Just take it. And all of a sudden whew, it was gone. And then and almost. So how do you interpret that? What do you think that that was? Shit. I don't know. Um, I think, I think clearly I've been hanging on to stuff I don't need to hang on to, you know, whether it's, you know, um, so I, I, I can look back at it now and it can, I can make sense or I can try to make sense out of a number of things, but just letting go of, you know, um, fear, letting go of anger, letting go of this pretending to be something that I'm not, or I don't want to be just being okay with who I am in the moment. Um, loving myself, like letting go of that sort of, uh, grossness that hate, you know, because it was so, I wasn't scared but it was kind of scary, Mm -hmm. like letting all that go. And so almost, almost immediately, or again, could have been a minute. It could have been an hour. I don't know. I don't know how long it was. All of a sudden I remember there and I'm laying there now. And in my mind, it was very, very loud. It was almost like I was screaming and I was like, show me the boy, boy, show me the boy, show me the boy, show me the boy. And I was talking about myself, like show me me at five years old because my intention going into it, if you remember, was I wanted to see me in that part, that, that point in my life. And I'm like, show me the boy, show me the boy. And I probably yelled that again, not vocally out loud. I wasn't mm-hmm. saying it, but in my mind, six, seven times. And then all of a sudden it hit me and it said, it said, I said, again, I don't know how to put this in words. Like it was basically like, look down, you are the boy. And I was laying in the fetal position, kind of like hugging myself. And it was almost like this, this three things happened at once. It was like, I was holding my six-year-old self, like hugging him, saying, it's like going to be all right. You're okay. This is all fine. It was me at this age holding myself. And then I saw our son, Luca, who's five years old. And it was like healing him for the future. So these three things happened at once. And again, it could have been a second, but in my mind, it all made total sense. And all of a sudden I just started sobbing. I just started crying. I remember just laying there crying and it wasn't, it, I wasn't sad. It wasn't sad crying, mm-hmm. but I was crying because it was like, it was a release. It was a release, but it was also just, it was kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then almost within seconds, Jesus comes again, seconds or hours. I don't know. Jesus comes walking over. And he's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good with like tears coming down my face. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of what happened. (laughs) Mm. Okay. So, I mean, we're what a week and a half past this experience and you know, where are you now? Like what, what, and we've had a lot happen. So I feel like this is the first time, this is authentically the first time I've even asking this, that we're having this conversation. We were able to talk so much in Mexico, but you know, like, where are you now? Well, I think that was really just the jumping off point because I think what happened next going into the the other two ceremonies that we did really need to be talked about before talking about where we are now. Yeah. Okay. Then we'll finish. We'll, we'll come to that at the very end. Yeah. Um, would you do it again? I think so. Yeah. I, I'm not feeling like I need to right away. 
I think it would probably, I would under, now that I understand what the yeah. process is like, I would probably be able to get into it a little bit easier. Um, I won't drive down that road again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I think too, part of the story that, you know, and we don't need to focus on all of these things, but we did have these like out, you know, these outlying things that I think were distractions. And at one point, you know, the wind picks up a lot. And at one point we're literally in a torrential downpour. Yeah, like the we're, yeah. there's so many things that were just kind of like these distractions from the experience that, um, even though, you know, I want to be like one with them and one with the wind and one with the rain and, and, and be grateful. I think that under the, I, I think I would have preferred a, covering <laughs> yeah well luckily he had a little yeah. bit of a pop-up tent that was able to yeah. provide a little bit of relief for a second yeah. but i remember when the wind picked up i was like again still trying to talk to the vultures and and being in the one-on-one -on -one, being in the moment with nature and i just sat there and enjoyed the wind then it started to rain and it took me a minute to even realize it was raining and then i was already wet and i just sat through that whole rainstorm like that thinking you know no big deal and it kind of ended up, <clears throat> pardon me it ended up passing relatively quickly but still, for a while there, we were in pouring rain, and it was still yeah. messing with the, m my interpretation of that experience for yeah. a little bit. I'm yeah. sure it did with everybody. So for me, you know, um, I think the thing that I struggled with the most was just how long the experience was and how short my, like, receiving of the message was. And I struggled with that a bit. Now I feel a lot better with it, but because it was so powerful and it was so profound. And so for me, you know, I was in a constant state of like, kind of like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And then, and I would try very much to like, just, I would, you know, would tell myself over and over, like just surrender, um, be present. You know, I was going through all of these kind of mantras. I usually have a very good, clear connect uh, portal or contact or communication with my soul, with my spirit, with source. So I was trying that and it really wasn't coming through at all. I was really trying to talk to the medicine as, as people say, but it really wasn't coming through in that regard either. So it was just kind of like, I just felt for a long time, I was sort of sitting there like wondering what's going on, you know, and trying to surrender, but not really being able to. And, and uh, oh, but what did happen in this one moment was as I was laying there and it was really dark and what had happened was I experienced this, um, sort of vision, if you will, of this really dark, deep, thick, like it was like so deep within me where I was like, where did you like, where were you even hiding out at? Because it was just this, like this, this really I mean, that's the only way to describe it. Like this really dark and thick and deep black energy. And it very clearly was self-hate. Like, I mean, this was, this was some nasty, nasty stuff that was living within my body. And it was shocking for me because for the most part, you know, I feel pretty good. And I think that's a, a lot of times why people do something like ayahuasca is because it does go very deep into the subconscious. And because, you know, some people say that it's equivalent to 10 years of therapy or 20 years of sitting up on a mountain meditating and being able to get that experience and that healing all in one. And so I really took that, you know, so it was there and then it was gone. And I didn't know if it was gone, gone or just what it was, but it was kind of gone from my ability to, you know, recognize it and see it and process it. 
And so we continue to go through the experience and go into the night. And, and um, I think another thing that was troublesome for me is that it kicked in really late for me. And so I was kind of like off on, like, is this it? Are we done? And then the ceremony concluded and we're packing up and I ended up getting really sick in the car. So I'm purging a ton in the car on the way home. Luckily we have those bags and then all through the night. So I didn't sleep well. And I, you know, was, I think, uh, on you know, this very 3D surface level, like was very kind of swirling from the experience. Um, I was uncomfortable with, you know, what was happening with my body. And then all of a sudden I have this like really awful, dark energy and I just, and it was gone. And so I just, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like where, where did this come from? I don't know where you came from. And I don't know if you're still here or if you're gone or what's going on. And I woke up the next morning and I was just bawling just sharing this with you like I was just bawling because I just felt so I felt I felt I felt sad that it was there I felt shame that it was there because it was like how am I you know walking around feeling so good when this is this is here and living in me I felt confusion I felt a lot of things it was really hard yeah um and I mean, afterwards I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing that again. I'm good. She wasn't speaking to me and I don't need to speak back to her. Like, <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for four days straight of diarrhea, I'd probably be quicker to want to do it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's maybe where the two weeks of the dieta would have come yeah, into handy. Yeah, it would have been helpful. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because at this point too, I think too, with a little bit more prep and a little bit more of a supportive environment and I, I think that's really the, the word is that you know for for healing and for safety and for comfort you know having that supportive environment is really helpful and is wonderful and is nice I mean because it was very very nice and very very kind and you can feel his gentle spirit um Jesus was I didn't feel this like okay let me divulge all of my life's you know secrets and let's sure. work on this together and so I think in a, a little bit more of a supportive environment both um physically and also you know emotionally I think I would probably do it again yeah okay yeah um okay so you know then we keep going on our trip and that that night we find out that there were doing they were doing a, t- a group to must call ceremony at our hotel at a very discounted rate and so that was like well this is what i wanted to go here for like let's do it even though i mean that morning woke up feeling like tar yeah. And for those that don't know, um, a Temescal ceremony is where they raise your body temperature from 98.6 degrees to 2,000 degrees in about five minutes, and you teeter on death, but you make it. I think that's. I think if you Google it, that's what comes up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what a Temescal ceremony really is, is entering into this, you know, they'll... On a very simple level, level, they call it a Mexican sweat lodge. But it's like, I feel like that is so terrible of a description because it does not even get close to encompassing the magic yeah. that it really is. So the Tomasco ceremony is basically where you enter into this dome. It looks like an igloo. It's like a concrete igloo. Igloo, yep. And um, and they heat it up with lava rocks, and you do it in, th- in four different stages. So they go um, 
to the the four directions and then they follow the four elements so east west north and south and then the four elements being earth fire wind and water did i say i'm right earth fire. yeah wind and water i think so okay I don't know. I remember my temperature was 2000 degrees. 2000 degrees. So you don't remember no. anything. Yeah. Um, and so I was really excited to, to go into it and just, again, to embrace the experience. And from the very moment that we had like kind of arrived, it was also at our hotel. So it was so, again, just talk about that, like safety in your, very in your surroundings. Con- very conducive environment. Yes. Yeah, we perfect. could walk right back. And uh, so we had these three shamans who were in loincloths. You were like, oh. <laughs> quite the get up yeah yep. but um, but it, I mean it was great and they were so like their spirits were really warm um Diego was the lead shaman who I would say not the lead shaman but the one who spoke English the best and so he communicated um most with us or translated most with us and but they just all had just this really I just can, could connect to the spirit a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I was open and they talked a lot about the um, feminine and the masculine, which is obviously my love language in terms of spirit and the elements and just combining this. And then with the Tomasco, like they say that we're entering into this, just like you enter into, you know, your mom's womb. And this is a womb and this is the womb space where, you know, things get created and, and then you come out reborn. And so I was just like all in on just even the concept of it, you know, I'm like, okay, this is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in, let's do it. <laughs> and I was in, in the beginning on the competition side of things. I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's six of us going in this thing and I'm eyeing everybody up and down. And I'm like, I'm going to outlast all of these people. I'm going <laughs> to stay in here. I don't care how hot it gets. I'm going to win this thing. Oh my gosh. So he with the biggest ego loses. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I was dying to get out of there. I, it was so hot in the beginning when the first round I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And I was actually, re- I remember sitting there making myself smile to think that my body would like follow suit, would think, okay, yeah, he's smiling and laughing. This isn't that bad. And then when round two started, within seconds, it got so hot. I was in my mind, it was screaming in my mind, like the night before where I was like, show me the boy, show me the boy. I'm like, get me out of here, get me out of here. Like I was starting to have a panic attack. My heart rate was racing. I couldn't calm myself down. I could see the door to this, of this, Temescal, like right in front of me, like it's what five feet away, and I can crawl out of it anytime I want. But but I'm it. I know I know I'm supposed to stay in there, but I wanted to get out so bad. I was so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. Which is so ironic because I mean you've run multiple marathons, you've done like some awful grueling workouts, mm-hmm. and the oftentimes the reason why you do those is to embrace the, the mental stuff training. And the, yeah, yeah, all this like yeah. stuff, which I just find it so was so hot. Ironic. Like I. I started to have visions that I was going to die. Like it was so hot. And I was like, this is dumb. I can walk out any moment. Why am I going to allow myself to die in this heat when I could walk out right there? And like, that was the part. And it was, um, I I, I was, I think I was frightened for a little bit because I was having such a hard time calming myself down. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So they take breaks. So in between each of the four rounds, they take a little break. And so you can, you can stay in or you can take a break and leave. And so you stayed in for the first two rounds, right? I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you took a break and what, what happened then? The break was amazing. I got to go outside, get a little bit of fresh water, cooled off with a shower and was able to calm myself down. And then now that I knew that I could come out like during the breaks and they, I understood that the, the spacing between each phase Mm -hmm. that it wasn't 
that long and I could do it, I started to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know you had a really powerful experience during the fire, right? Which was the third one. Yes. It, I remember. Um, I don't remember what it was specifically, but I remember you were like, whoa, that one got me. I remember that being like the hottest one. So I was definitely struggling a lot during that phase. And I remember it, it sort of my experience from the ayahuasca just kept building in there. It was more also about um, forgiveness. It was more also about um, protecting that little boy, caring for that little boy, loving that little boy. And then it started to evolve. I can't remember if this was on the first ceremony or the second one, how they, because they blend together about um, having forgiveness for my parents. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember. I wish I would have wrote this down. I don't remember what the exact big moment was during that third one, but I remember being in there and all of a sudden they kept talking about the being in your mother's womb. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is what the significance of this moment is, what this, this structure is. And all of a sudden I'm laying down on my side again because it was way cooler to lay down on the ground than to sit up. So I I figured that part out. I laid down, I was able to regulate my body temperature a little bit better and my mind a little bit better. And, but I was laying there and all of a sudden I was like having this experience where I was in my mother's womb. I was, I was like having such gratitude and such love for my mom, for all she did as a, as a young mom and Mm -hmm. to take care of me and to give me a safe place and to give birth to me. And I just had this immense, just gratitude. And then it just led into forgiveness. Like Mm -hmm. any, any baggage I still carried from, uh, my mom, not parenting me in a way that I expected or wanted or not getting this when I wanted it as a kid or my parents splitting up, it was just gone. And I just felt so much just joy I felt so much lighter and I felt so much forgiveness that I couldn't wait to get out of there and tell her that. Mm. And I couldn't wait to hug her and tell her that you've done a great job. I forgive you. There's no, I don't have any Mm -hmm. hard feelings. I just felt so much better. So like, I just felt, I felt like a lot of that anger was gone Yeah, is what I felt. Yeah. And then I also had this moment, I think maybe it was in there. I don't know where this came from, but I'm like, I don't want to handshake anymore. Do you remember that? I was like, I'm I'm hugging everybody. That, so, okay, so the, the mother's room was on the second one. Okay. and But the first one, it was so funny because you were so, like, you were so, like, uh, 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 like, I could tell you were so uncomfortable, so yeah. uncomfortable. And then at the end, like, you were so chatty. Like, you had such a release of yeah. some sort. And maybe it was just, like, victory, we made it or something. No, it but, wasn't that. I mean, All of a sudden, something shifted so, in me. Yeah, you something were shifted. so, like, energetic. And remember, like, uh, when he was, like, calling you to the fire and... Yeah. Um, Do you remember that? No. You told me. It's like the fire called you. He said that. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember he said that. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't I know. They're that. all like blending together. Yeah. But. No, but it was, there was just such a release of, of, I can just say like anger and tension yeah. to where I wasn't fighting it anymore. It wasn't a competition. I wasn't trying to outlast anybody else. I was feeling everybody else's energy inside this Mm -hmm. thing. And there was another guy in there who was struggling harder than I was. And I was feeling that from him. I was feeling it from everybody, but then I just was able to surrender. And I think that's a good word for in there. I was able to surrender and just be. And I, there was one part where, um, again, I don't know if it was the first one or the second one where he was talking about 
death and rebirth and how you're supposed to go into this thing to quote unquote die, mm-hmm. not to like literally die, but to die and come out a new person. Yeah. And I just remember like all these thoughts going through my head, like I'm living my life the wrong way. It's not about the accumulation of stuff or riches or accolades or anything. None of that stuff matters at the end of the day. Like I just want to live a more joyous, more peaceful present life. Part of it was, I don't want to handshake anymore. I'm giving hugs. <laughs> that was that, which in the world of COVID is probably not the best idea. However, and the other part was I actually got to a point where if I were to die in this thing right now, mm. I was okay with it. Mm. Like I don't want to die. I wasn't, I didn't want to die in that moment. I wanted to see my kids and my family and everybody again. But if it happened in that moment, I just felt such a release that I was okay with it. And I think part of that before the fear of dying was the fear of leaving my kids un, um, not taken care of well enough, mm-hmm. like not leaving uh, X number of dollars in the bank account for them. And all of a sudden it hit me during that. And while I was having all this love and forgiveness and gratitude for my mom, none of it's about that. Like my parents don't have to leave me anything. I can take care of myself. My kids will be able to take care of themselves. It's not about leaving them something. It's about being with them now. Mm. And I I was dying to that, I think. Mm. And I think that's what I've taken from this whole thing. Mm. I feel so much more at peace, even though there's still triggers and things that come up. But I feel like I've got a a whole different skill set now to go back to all three of those moments, the ayahuasca and the two Temescal ceremonies, to to just be in a much more present, calm, self-loving place. And that's what I want to leave for my kids, not a bank account. Mm. Wow. That's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I just, I think for me, like the, the first one was really all about like the experience of it, the connection, the community, all the other things that I had described. But one of the things that was probably one of the most powerful, and I would totally agree that, you know, all of the three ceremonies were so, um, kind of connected, you know, like in the, um, messages that we received that it was really just, you know, continuing the work. And I think that's why I felt so, I just didn't want to leave. You know, I felt like we just had like unfinished business. And so it was so hard to, you know, acknowledge that it's like, okay, you know, we have to continue this integration back in our own world. And, you know, for me, the first Temescal ceremony, one of the most profound moments was when, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of it is like calling in your ancestors and they speak throughout and they play the drums and they sing and it's so robust and it's so powerful and the way that the chamber like echoes and I mean, it's just, it's incredible. You feel like it, everybody's all around you. Like yeah. the energy is all around you. It's in you. It's above you. It's, it's surrounding you. And, and I had one experience where, um, where the grandmothers, cause we were calling in the grandmothers and, and so it was this Mayan grandmother who was, you know, really just so warm and welcoming and like, just so like, I'm so happy you're here kind of a thing and welcome and, you know, please enjoy and, and experience and just this, I mean, a, a welcoming that I've never experienced before in my life that was just so incredibly like, I, I'm we're just so happy to have you. And, but then, you know, she turned to me and she's like, it's okay. You can go to your grandmother. And I realized something, you know, that in this world that we live in right now, living in America, living in this hyper 
colonial society that is just drenched in toxic patriarchy and that's something that you know I work to help reconcile within women all of the trauma that we've experienced because of it and now we're in this um, moment of time of the um, Black Lives Matter and the just a movement for you know black indigenous and and colored people and and there's still some reckoning I think that comes with then being a white European person you know that essentially has descended from a lineage that has caused all of this trauma 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 for all of these people trauma for us our own selves and it's 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 complicated right like it's complicated and I think that there's this part of me that has rejected my my heritage and my lineage through this process you know like I'm not really that interested in going back all that often even though I've done you know past life healings and I've done inner child work and I've done all sorts of work throughout you know this life and and past lives but it just like I always just kind of reject that human body heritage line and so it was just this awakening for me too so you know so you know if we go back to this my first experience of this black tar self-hate sort of situation and then we go into this rejection of my familial line and heritage and it's just kind of this constant message of you know suppression and rejection and all of this stuff that I have it and how can you fully love yourself if you're simultaneously rejecting yourself and it was seeing all of that, you know, for me. And um, and so it was just this, such a beautiful and loving, you know, experience. And then, you know, one of the things, too, so the reason why we went back and we did a, a second Tamaskal ceremony was one of the big things that you and I wanted from this trip was a bit more of a reconnection. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and a spiritual reconnection. And so really we struggled with like how to do that on the trip too. Like things that we were hoping to line up, didn't line up. The experiences that we have, we're having were so much more personal than about our relationship. And so I reached back out to Diego cause I just enjoyed him so much. And they, they do multiple different ceremonies and he was offering to do rape and um, some other different, ceremonies and stuff and so I reached out like you know this is what we're looking to do and he's like oh we could do a whole recommitment ceremony and I was just really honest that it was like that sounds really beautiful and incredible but I think that there needs to be some reconciliation and some you know like rebuilding of our relationship and connection before we actually do this whole recommitment ceremony and so he's like okay let's do another Tomas call ceremony and we're both like uh Mm. yeah Yeah, (laughs) I wasn't wasn't all that excited about getting in there again <laughs> I was exact I was super excited because I felt out I like when I walked out, <clears throat> out of that thing I was so I just I mean it was like the best hot yoga session or breathwork yeah. session you could like times a million oh, I was on fire afterwards yeah, I mean it, it felt so amazing <laughs> I was on fire I wasn't on yeah. fire I felt great I mean I really did felt amazing but I wasn't sprinting to go back inside yeah and so then we get there and he's like okay great and we have this great conversation with him and all this stuff about you know our life and our marriage and some other things and he's like okay great so now what I want you to do is and for me it was like therapy 101 where I'm like uh you know like he's like okay I don't want you to focus on the other person I want you to focus on yourself and I was so annoyed by that and I realized how then therefore how much pressure I was putting I'd been putting on you Right. And like, because I was so annoyed by that 
because I didn't want to do that. Because you're like, I'm fine. He's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Ish. (laughs) Yeah. Without pointing fingers, but I, you know, I did. I felt like I've been doing all this work on me and he's not doing all this work on him. And so how do we get together and get closer? And I've, you know, put in so much of the, you know, work in the beginning of the relationship. And so, and uh, like, it was just all this stuff. So right away, I felt like my guard just go down. Like, cause I was like, oh, whoa, okay. You know, like this is how much I've been, you know, holding up. And we go back in the tent and, um, and it was just another really powerful moment. And a couple of the things I experienced as well was being in my mom's womb and just total gratitude for her for holding me and having that space and being so loving and caring and nurturing. But one of the things that I also came into play was um, I found as we were, you know, again, he was beating on the drums and everybody was like in circle. Well, so what happened first is I had this visualization of being well, it was like all this rejection that I had experienced, the rejection of not being loved fully by my mom, like the way that I had wanted to as a kid while she was dating other men. I just always felt that she was choosing them over me. And I constantly felt this feeling of rejection. And then beyond that, then my parents were divorced and I would go and I would stay with my dad and he would work and we would be there for six weeks in the summer and he would work full time and we didn't have babysitters or caretakers or other relatives or anything. It would just be basically me as my like nine-year-old self taking care of my three-year-old brother sitting in his house by ourselves watching TV would pretty much be like what it was. And it was so incredibly lonely and Um, and so as we're sitting in this Temescal, like I just, I was just there. I was in my dad's house by myself and nothing else was happening. Nothing, nobody else was talking to me. Like, and the scenes weren't changing. I was just there and there and there. And I'm like, okay, got it. Like, I know I get it. I'm here. And then as he's singing and chanting and beating on the drums, I feel literally like this entire tribe, like just surround me. And like, they're just reminding me, like, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're never alone. You're not alone. And it was just this like, such a comforting feeling, you know, of this, of all of these feelings that I felt, you know, like throughout, I'm going to like get choked up right now, but just the, just at such a young age feeling so lonely and so rejected and where I had built this and the only way to really describe it you know people will describe it as a wall or as a shell and for me it was a shell and how and I could see so clearly how I had built this shell around myself and for years most of my life I've always had this shell where um, I can't really fully you know connect with other people I can't really fully be as soft as I know that is what's inside and um So in that moment, like the shell started to crack and I had all this support around me and it was just, I was just bawling. I was just, just bawling because it was so crazy how in these three days, how much could come to light 
and shift. But I think I'm still integrating it clearly. I think that's why I wasn't ready to go, you know, like, because, you know, you have such an experience like this and it does feel like, okay, now what? You know, because it's so powerful. And that's where, you know, energetic healing, I think, is, um, it is so powerful because so much can shift and so much can move and so much can be freed up in a short period of time, but it can leave you feeling then kind of raw. And so it's really important to be very gentle with yourself during that integration process. Otherwise, it's too easy to just go back to exactly how you were. Yeah. Way too easy. And I, I want to make sure that I don't do that. Yeah. You know, and I don't exactly know how to ensure that I don't but to, other than to continuously remember these experiences, remember what I was feeling, pull more of that into our lives, my life every day and to build on it and to do more of it. Like, you know, I, I'm feeling closer to you now that we've been back by f healing some things inside of me, you know, and I want to, I want to keep that, keep that mo moving forward. Yeah. So now what? I mean, but, you know, I mean, you've said that a few times, too, you know, like that that's and I, I can I can attest, you know, like, you know, usually your anger isn't um, it's not explosive, but it looks like you're like this boiling top, right? Like like you're the, the, this pressure cooker. And so and I can see very quickly when it's happening. And um, and so it's but it's very internal. You're not explosive. Um, but I can tell, like, even since we've been back, like, you've just been a lot calmer. And it hasn't been quite as pressurized. Do you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're working on reshifting, you know, habits almost a half century old now. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a long time to be acting and doing and behaving in certain ways. And, you know reflecting a personality that was developed 40 something years ago through high pressurized, high trauma experience that a little yeah. kid didn't know how to deal with. And so now undoing a lot of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel it's happening. I want to keep going. I want to have, I think having, you know, we don't have to do it on a podcast every time, but I think having more conversations about our experiences there will be helpful to both of us. Yeah. to keep it front of mind and and how we move forward and then keep I mean you got to keep doing the work too yeah yeah totally I mean I think that's it too is that just like so much clarity on um on so many things you know like on the power of rest like just mm. that simple thing like I mean you slept more than I had ever seen you I slept, slept 11 hours that first night and I haven't done that in at least eight or nine years and then you took like two naps yeah and I, like, I don't know, <laughs> when was the last time I took a nap let alone two naps you know mm -hmm. like so just all these things like the power of rest and making sure that you you know especially as busy parents like we are with um you know kids who are fully fully big personalities all the time fully fully big <laughs> um and um and getting away and doing these things and and yeah reconnecting i mean so much of it just yeah. i think i've i think i've realized how my priorities have shifted 
you know, like where I've always thought like, okay, yes, let's do it. Like now it's like a, yeah, no, you know, like, especially when we're talking about like buying the stuff or doing the things or whatever. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, if it's about allocating funds, this is where it's going to yeah. go. Or even when it's about allocating time or when it's about like, we've even talked about it. It's like, this was really, it's always been challenging for us to travel because we've always tried to get a grandparent to take care of our kids when we're gone and our, the grandparents don't live here and they're getting older and there's just a lot that goes, I mean, it was, it's a lot to get them to watch the, the kids. And so we're like, nope, like we're finding somebody who can come and stay with them. Like that's a big priority for us now. Yeah. I think it, there's so much that's come from this that is going to be ongoing and more unraveling in things, but I mean, for example, and, you know, this is just me. Maybe other people can relate. Maybe, I don't know. But I was the kind of guy before who got his value and his worth, felt better about himself, the more jam-packed my calendar was. You know, it was like, let me see how many things I can fit into here so I can do all the stuff, so I can be, you know, all the things to all the people. You know, and it was all about doing more at work because that's where I would get my value from, from showing you how much of a hard worker I am or the money that comes from it so we can do different things or buy different things or whatever was going on in my brain. But coming out of this, I realized that that's stupid and that it's counterproductive and that now I really... I can be much more efficient and productive in less time if I'm, re- if I'm taking time for self-care, if I'm resting, if I'm doing the things that give me energy and make me feel good and not just grinding out the other stuff. And so there's things coming out of there already that I'm just like implementing right away and how that then leads to our personal life. Like if I'm not fully exhausted and frustrated and, you know, uh, a tea kettle about to explode from, you know, having... 65 zoom meetings in one day, you know, like that's going to carry into the rest of our lives, you know? Mm And so one simple thing was looking at my calendar and making some changes there. Wow. I know we haven't even really, like we've gone into, we got home and then we had more people into town and then the kids are back to school and I'm back to work and that, I'm busy, super busy at work, you we know, haven't and had a whole lot of time to like decompress about this all. So it's, yeah. And then I literally have taken like the past three days to just like be yeah. alone, <laughs> going back into my like alone cave to reflect and, and stuff. So. I have not. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm ready to like not make that a luxury anymore, but a priority. Like yeah. I need that time. Everybody needs that time. Yeah. We need it alone and we need it together. Any final thoughts or reflections about this anything else that you wanted to share about our journeys and adventures try amsterdam next time (laughs) no okay um thank you thank you for having me it's been fun to talk about this yeah interesting to do it on a podcast but well you know if you if you want to get if you want to get on my calendar it's got to be on a podcast (laughs) The listeners want what they want. That's right. All right. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everybody.